Hello there! You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories in Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we are delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion. Gentlemen, it is nearing the tail end of summer, but no one told the weather that. It's still 90 degrees, <laughs> and the AC in my car is not fixed. That's how I'm doing. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, I've got uh, another four days of vacation coming up. So Ooh, another four days. Although it's the tail end of, vaca- or of summer, I'm still looking forward to, to a couple days of vacation, so... That's that's gonna be going, gonna nice. me, get me through. Nice. What are you what are you doing for vacation for this? It's a staycation. So mm-hmm. I, we are. I'm very excited because we are handing Aaliyah off to <laughs> uh, my in-laws for. Uh, well, it's planned for two nights. We'll see if we actually survive that long without our child. But um, and we're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna do steak. We're gonna do. Uh, we get crabs. We're gonna Ooh. do um, steak and frites, and then we're gonna play putt putt and um, enjoy each other's company, but we're also gonna organize Aaliyah's room mm. with clothes and, and start packing things up and organizing the house for whenever the Lord decides that it's our time to buy a house. Um, so mm. um, it's I'm looking forward to that little staycation. That sounds nice. lovely. I'm, I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> we're just gonna give the dog to someone. <laughs> give him to me. Uh, gladly, gladly. Oh, um, how am I doing? Blue is getting bigger. He's the pit mix that we got a few weeks back now. He's cute. He's, he's adorable, but he's also nipping, and oh. that's annoying. It's just... You fr- got to nip that in the bud real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Well, well. <laughs> but just like, he's his paws are huge, and as a pit mix, he's like, he's got a, muscle, a muscular build on him he's already. He's a bruiser. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just, he's a handful, but I love him. Fair enough. I had to take our, our dog Arlo to the vet yesterday. <laughs> just because he had to get a checkup and another vaccine. Um, and he got to the vet, was fine. Got back, he doesn't like car rides. Uh, was fine, got in the car, went home. I parked the car and he threw up in his carrier. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, we're yards away <laughs> from outside where you could do this, but you choose now. He's a... Uh, yeah, I resonate with that. He's adorable, but he's a lot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's get started formally with our questions of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during this segment, you can email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's number three. Guys at the well, all one word in lowercase, at gmail.com. And we actually have our first question from a listener today. Woo-hoo! All right. And so the question is Do any of us collect anything? Or I guess, have we ever collected anything? <laughs> I, I used to look, collect sports cards um, in my youth, yeah. and I still have all the sports cards that I've ever collected. And I'm oh. hoping at some point that they'll be worth right. anything to sell because I don't hardly have any value to me. So, mm. um, but I don't think I collect anything right now. When I was younger, McDonald's used to have these really beautiful glass mugs. Mm, huh. that were styled differently. They were like Batman-styled ones or Flintstone-styled ones. I have so many of these mugs. That oh, like, nice. My mom has, correction, my mom has so many of these glass mugs. <laughs> and they're gorgeous. Like, the current Happy Meal toys don't h- carry a candle <laughs> to the way this trash <laughs> to these glass mugs. It's fantastic. Um, But currently, I think what best describes what I collect is something that our mutual friend Felix used to say uh, to me when we lived together. About Pinterest. 
I've collected all these things and you know, still have nothing. And, I, <laughs> and that was his description of Pinterest. And I think that's the most apt description of all the of all my boards, my many art boards on Pinterest. Yeah. I think I was present when he said yeah. that. And I was like, that is profound. <laughs> and so funny. Um, I don't currently collect anything. Um, some of it, Charles, I used to have a bunch of sports cards. Um, I had Pokemon cards, like a lot of kids growing up when that was, when they were like 200 of them. Now I'm, I think there's like 50,000 of them and I don't know how kids keep up. Um, so I, I used to collect sports, sports cards. I remember very specifically though, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade and one day I just decided oh, I'm going to collect rocks. And I had, but I just a split decision. No, legitimately, it was just like I'm just gonna collect rocks. Like that, I, I'm a rock collector now. Um, but and I, I completely was like, yeah, this is my thing. But the extension of it was this little like plastic container I had that I like fit five rocks into, and then I just kind of stopped. And and that was it. That was the beginning and the end of my like rock collecting career. It was like, oh, I'm, this is me now. I did, this is this is who I am. And oh, then wow. I just then just kind of gave up. Um, a foreshadowing of your sciency career, though. Maybe. I I guess maybe. I've never really dug geology that oh, much. Oh, never though. mind then. So I think it's interesting, and some of the science behind how certain rocks look the way they do is interesting. Mm. But like I, ooh, I did not like geology in college. <laughs> it was it was a ooh, it was a grind. So in some ways, yes, but other ways, definitely, definitely not. Mm. So that is it for our question of the week segment. Again, email us if you've got any ideas. And yeah, we should start collecting some things, guys. Collectively, as a collectively. Collect collectively. Oh man, I'm good. You're bad. All the puns. I think this is this this is gonna just dissolve into puns pretty oh, quickly. No. Um, but as a group, we should say we're gonna maybe we could all collect rocks together. I'm, yes. I'm good. Yes. No. Alright, I see in your eyes that you're thinking about it at least. So now we're gonna get into this week's passage, which is from John two. Verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bible and aren't driving, you can ter start turning there now while I set the scene. A strange man in sackcloth, reeking of honey and locusts, heralded his arrival. Four young men had already joined him, responding to his call to come and see. The Word made flesh, Jesus of Nazareth, was putting pieces in place to begin his ministry. And what would be the first sign of his divine authority? Healing a leper? casting out demons, walking on water, eventually. But the first public sign by this paradigm-shifting carpenter from Galilee would take place abruptly, yet intimately, at a wedding. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, 
Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Gal Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Gentlemen, what stood out to you from this conversation? I think, well, just real quick, um, the, the last words, it, I, think, uh, I think I read this. The last words of Mary that we hear in the Gospels is this this command, or yeah, this command to the servants. Whatever he says. Do whatever. Do. Or in my in my uh, um, Bible it says, do whatever he tells you. Yep. And mm. it's it's striking um, because that's the last we hear from Mary vocally, mm -hmm. um, and it's this command to do whatever he tells it tells you. And he's saying she's saying that to the servants. I think it's also like to us mm -hmm. do whatever he tells yeah. you mm. that's very End striking scene. words Amen. Oof. Amen. Oof. yeah um never <laughs> undersell the value of obedience um i just like to piggyback off of that if you're listening today and you have no clue like jesus chose to work through the obedience of those servants so that those who knew about what was going on around him like he, he was sitting with people at the table so <coughs> the disciples were affected by this miracle that was laid out before them. It's like itty bitty miracle. Um, if you're listening today and you have no clue which circumstances God's looking to transform around you, if only you would follow Mary's advice and do whatever Jesus tells you. If you don't know like where to start your relationship with the Lord, you might want to start with obedience. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, a beautiful and powerful point that you indicate, Charles. It's just like, Start with obedience. Yeah. I think, so the other striking, more maybe a little bit more profound, mm. at least to me, um, when I was reading through this, and again, um, I didn't come to this myself. I was reading this passage, praying through it, reading some commentary, and um, they pointed out this really um, profound parallel between this passage and the passage that occurs in Genesis 3, where Eve is prompted by um, the snake to tempt Adam to um, go against the Lord's command to defy the Lord um, and through that sin of, of eating an apple um, Adam and Eve condemn humanity right to 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 sin and to darkness and to enslavement that Christ restores and frees us from um, but the parallel is that in this passage Mary through her invitation through her her asking of Jesus to work um, and really, I'm sure we might talk about this in a second, but like begin his ministry. This yeah. is the first, as you did in your intro, this is the first miracle. This is the, hello, I'm here. Like um, begin, beginning of the signs of wonders, Mary's invitation here to Jesus as the new Adam mm -hmm. um, is initiating his mission of salvation to correct, to rectify the wrong that was um, originally um, done by um, Adam and Eve and it's 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 I don't know to me it's kind of really cool this parallel that um, Mary can be considered a new Eve yeah. and how the new Eve invites the new Adam to begin his mission and to rectifying the original sin that was c committed um, by the original Adam and the original Eve mm -hmm. Amen. yeah there's it's so interesting because there's such significance with what is a very short conversation and a very short passage. And like we just, our last episode, we talked about Nicodemus and that's just Jesus like 
going and going and hitting all these deep theological truths. And with this, it's like she asks him for something, and he initially like comes off as like, well, what, what does it have to do with me? And then just gives directions, and then that's it. That's the entire conversation. But yeah, to both of your points, there's something about this that I think again speaks to the nature of God is one who wants us to like as Hebrews says, I keep quoting it, especially in the seasons, I think it comes up in a lot of themes, to be a to be a people who diligently seek him. Mm. Because to your point, the uh, it's the last thing we hear from Mary. It's the first miracle Jesus does. There are parallels to Genesis and it's like in this one thing that just seems like a cool story that you'd be tempted to just kind of read through and say, oh, that's cool, Jesus performed a miracle and move on. There's so much there that God is kind of in rewarding those who diligently seek him and seeing those parallels in his conversation and his call to obedience, God continues to show more um, of who he is and just kind of, like as I was reading this, I'll say more on it uh, in a bit, but there is a continued thread of just like, seek me diligently. And in being obedient, being obedient is one of the ways in which we can very practically do that. Yeah. Um, to your earlier point, Charles, about Mary serving as this woman who ushers in the new Adam to action. Um, whenever, whenever Mary is in the Bible, whenever I read about her, the song Mary Did You Know <laughs> oh, yeah. pops into my head mm. and the answer is always, yes, yeah, she, she did. Knew. <laughs> Stop asking a question. Yes, she knew. So <laughs> We've talked about We've this. Talked I about sincerely this. Yes. hope that there are angels in heaven who around Christmas are like, oh, Mary, did you did you know? Did you know? Like, just kind of troll, like, I was wondering if and you knew the truth. And the angelic chorus takes a break from praising the Lord and starts singing towards the Mary. Hey, Mary, Mary, did you know? Were you aware? <laughs> and she's just over her holy shoulder like, Okay, y'all can settle down. Got a little familiar. <laughs> but like, in, in reading this passage again, I've always been like absolutely struck by Jesus using the word woman to refer to mm-hmm. his mom. Like, oh. Now, like we know that the Greek translation of the word woman is not at all derogatory. It's yeah. not demeaning. It is, it is out of respect. But I think the importance of him using the word woman is an indicator for something very important about their relationship. Mm. Um, and so, like, er- unlike everybody else in the room, as we just covered, Mary, without a doubt, knows who Jesus is. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, we get this account of the angel Gabriel giving her a thorough rundown of who her baby is and what his purpose is going to be. Did he include um, that he would someday walk on water? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure that that was in there? Because if she didn't know. I'm not ashamed, I mean. <laughs> Questions still stand. Um, but, like, Mary, Mary, like, humbly responds to Gabriel, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Fast forward, past her giving birth, some years go by, 12 to be exact. And in Luke chapter 2, we're given another account of a 12-year-old little Jesus who very nonchalantly skedaddles away from his parents after (laughs) Passover festival, um, was over with to go to temple and chat with some rabbis. Now, in verse 50 of that interaction, we're told that Mary and Joseph didn't, though they didn't quite understand what little Jesus was saying to them about his, like, explaining his actions, um... We're told in verse 51 that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mm. So Mary is paying attention throughout throughout Jesus' entire childhood. Mm -hmm. She knows. And so with that knowledge came Mary also having to come to terms with Jesus' authority and sovereignty over her. Um, In a culture that protected sons as the carriers of the next generation, 
Mary must have, I think, had to learn how to hold her relationship with her son very loosely. Mm. Uh, particularly as Jesus began speaking more and more openly and frankly about his impending sacrifice, I cannot fathom the depth of Mary's humility and prayer life, having to surrender your inclinations as a mother, as a protector, as a guide, um, and becoming a disciple to your own son. Mm. Um, and so in referring to her as woman, um, I think, I think, we're shown that Mary, like, we're, we're shown that there's this mutual understanding of, like, what role is and what, and, like, who is who, that Jesus is Lord. Um, but that Mary values intimately knowing God far more than she values the title of mom or the things of motherhood. Mm. Like, it's this servanthood trumps motherhood reality here. Mm. At least that's what I'm, what I think. Um, and that doesn't mean that she doesn't care about being a mom. Just that she prioritized relating to Jesus in a way that honors him as God, the son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that, like, hit me. It was like, oh, my gosh, she's, like, the prayerfulness that this woman had to exhibit throughout her entire life mm-hmm. must have been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the things that really stood out to me in, in regards to their relationship was just the the intimacy of, like, her making the request in the first place mm-hmm. and the intimacy of Jesus's response. And like, first I have to say, I think the disciples missed a great opportunity here because Jesus was very clearly in a giving mood and like making all this wine. <laughs> I feel like you very, very easily, if I were to put myself back in scripture, it would just be like, Jesus, they're out of wings too. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? Oh man. I mean, we don't want these people going, drinking all this fabulous wine on an empty stomach that sounds like a hangover right there might as well might as well just you know there's a couple carts there where there were wings where there are no longer wings i'm just gonna throw it out there you know your will be done it was an excellent dry rub that i was i'm gonna stop before it's complete now I'm thinking about wings and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> um, but anyway, to the actual uh, point that meant anything, um, there's intimacy in this being, like being the, this being Jesus's first miracle, and it speaks to like, well, what what does this tell us? What does this conversation tell us about Jesus's ministry, and what does that mean for us? Given it's the first time we see him do something miraculous, and I think it it shows that like Jesus is he is about his father's business he's about like the big k kingdom work but he's also he's a god of the small stuff and like he's not he's not so busy with these other things that literally are like life and death things that he isn't mindful of the small details of our lives like a wedding running out of wine while like a catastrophe if you plan that wedding is like nothing compared to restoring people's sight healing lepers dying for all of humanity like that's pretty small like small potatoes for jesus like relatively but he still does it and is still mindful of it and when his mother asks him he like he responds woman what does your concern have to do with me my hour is not yet come and kind of this reminder of like yeah jesus has other things he's about he's got like big picture things that he's there to do and like this on the surface doesn't seem one of them part of me and I, i don't know this is just like my own like uh thoughts about this of like did jesus ask her that because it initially comes off as kind of dismissive like what does that have to do with me 
But did Jesus ask her that to show her that, that her concern did concern him? And like in his response shows like this actually does matter to me. And there's an invitation there to bring to Jesus these mm. small things of our lives to ask about these small like little details of, well, this isn't a huge deal, but God, this is a thing that's happening with me right now. And that's been one of the things in my own life that I've experienced the Lord in sometimes the most powerfully, not like the huge like moments where I'm like, and then that, that was when my life was changed. And from then I was a different person, but like the little details that I've seen the Lord be mindful of me in. And I think there's such promise for us in that, that like Mary, one could, could have just not asked, but there was her relationship with Jesus was such that she knew he would act and then acted yeah. in faith that he would. And so she didn't hesitate to bring this seemingly trivial matter to him. Yeah. And was just like, hey, this is kind of awkward for them. Can you do something? And like, didn't, and then without him even saying would do it, just said, do what he tells you. Like in faith that Jesus would act in this minute detail. And I think that like, we can bring that same confidence to the throne of grace that the Lord is active in the big and the small. Yeah. Yeah. I think just one of the points that I, that struck out to me is that in like this piggybacking off that point of, um, the Lord is uh, has a concern for the big and the small. Mm. To me, I wrote down Christ blesses fun and rest. Mm. Like there's, he's at a wedding. Say that again. Say uh, that again. Christ blesses fun and rest. Like, God blesses fun and rest. Like wedding is a wedding is a fun, especially in the Jewish culture. A wedding is a seven a minimum of a seven day celebration. For us, it's like in a day, you know. Mm. Um, but it is this really fun. We go to weddings because we we're, we it's a celebratory time we want to um just join in celebration with our friends and we want to drink good food or drink good food what <laughs> we want to <laughs> drink eat good food and have a merry time and that was in jeopardy in this situation mm. and you know everything you said but also like christ has a concern for people having fun and resting yeah. in the fun um and partly i mean i'm sure the bigger concept is here that's why he established lord's day and sabbath and mm -hmm. rest um but it's not a trivial thing because his first miracle is to continue or to make sure that this this time um of fun and rest is is able to continue to be had by these people i love that yeah that yeah i've i've never heard it phrased that way yeah. and that is so encouraging to have like, so often I think we struggle with the idea of God being a God of joy because we so, we like enter into like the Lord's presence oftentimes with a lot, like a very solemn energy. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes yeah, it can only right. be kind of melancholic, but it's like, no, he's a God of joy and mm -hmm. that's one of the gifts that he offers. And yeah, so praise God for that revelation yeah. in, in, in your, in your personal time. Like, thanks for sharing that, Charles. It's like, um, as well, I don't want to cut you off. It's like, no, point, I was thinking of like in the old Testament, there was like the Lord will proclaim a year of Jubilee, like yeah. an entire year yeah. of like, you've been sowing and like reaping in all these ways. This is a year of celebration. Nice. Like this is a year where you're bringing everything in and just like doing it big. Like, yeah, the character of God is a character that blesses that and is like, is fun. And yeah, it's, it is, it is weird to think of him that way, yeah. but like, yeah, Jesus was fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I'm processing this just yeah. as Charles said it. You go ahead. <laughs> but like, have you ever noticed, or at least I, I think about this all the time, because 
art is something that I started when I was in college, and you don't see very many paintings of Jesus smiling. No. And it's always like this, this, this face where, and yes, there were times in which he was, you know, prayerful, and he, I'm, I know he wept for the state of the world because he's the perfect, he's the perfect image of God, and these other image bearers were falling short, and that, that was something that grieved him, right? He wept for the world, but also he had joy. Like there are so many accounts of him, like reclining at a table and chilling with folks, and. In light of what you just shared, Charles, of him being the god of someone who's like of fun and rest, what he also gave was the best. Like, yeah. right? He <laughs> right. gave a, like what he transformed was something that was abundantly good, and I'm mm. sure people like just gobbled down. But like, it's not just that he allows people; he blesses people with reprieve, but it's also something that is uh, surprisingly good. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to ask both of you, has there ever, has there ever been a time um, that you found where Christ has, where you've asked for something small and what you received was like, oh, I didn't even know. Like, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, take your time. I'm sorry I spawned that on you. No, no, you're good. <laughs> I should have sent an email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good question question because one of the other things that struck me is um about this conversation or the fruit of this conversation is the abundance by which the lord like does this miracle yeah. it's a minimum of like a, i think a minimum of 120 gallons mm. of water that become the best wine yeah. that this guy has ever tasted yeah um and I just think it speaks to God's abundant provision. And even like into your question, yeah. we could ask for the smallest thing, yeah. but the Lord is a God of abundant provision. Yeah. And so it could become um, something that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's this answers your question specifically, because I don't know if I asked for it. Um, I didn't, <laughs> didn't ask to be a missionary, <laughs> you know? And when the Lord called me into it, I didn't ask for it to be a career. Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> um, But very, you got it. <laughs> I'm very blessed and, and happy. But um, to answer your question, again, I didn't ask for it, but the Lord kind of called me into it, and I accepted his invitation, and I have been abundantly blessed yeah. because of it, because of my decision to accept his, um, his call into um, full-time mission work. Yeah. Um, I moved to a state where my wife, my wife resided and our, I, if I hadn't said yes, I wouldn't be married. Um, and I wouldn't have met you guys or have the relationship that I have with you guys. Um, so, you know, this is a small, it's not necessarily something I asked for, but the Lord took one decision I made mm -hmm. and just completely impacted my entire life because of it um in a in a, in a very significant and good way yeah. mm. absolutely i resonate a lot with that because like from similar uh background there i think i think that to kind of put a spin on that it wasn't something that i asked for in fact i asked for something very different um but in like thinking i can't think of any like specific examples i might like put them on instagram at some point if it comes up but um, when I was done with, uh, mission work here, uh, and was moving on to start teaching, yeah. I was considering going back home, uh, to Detroit to teach there. And I remember very specifically praying to like be sent there and praying like, 
God, I love, like, there's a specific school where I used to, like, uh, go to school in middle school. Oh, I'd love to teach there. Uh, and I prayed, like, God, I would love it if, like, that's somewhere I could go. Um, and God was just like, no. But <laughs> in so doing, and again, there's this point of obedience where, like, they, Mary brings a concern to Jesus. And then what you see next is her going in faith with the servants and saying to them, do exactly what he says. After that, I kind of kept putting out feelers here. And very quickly, the Lord provided um, a job and very quickly provided further needs that I had. That was also like when uh, my wife and I started like dating pretty seriously. And so it was it wasn't from like a, a small yes, but it was from a very small no yeah. that mm-hmm. now has through obedience and like trusting that he had me here for a reason has put me in a place to um, know him more, to be in a community of people who are helping me to know him more. And to also, yeah, discern his will for my life in a way that I probably wouldn't have been able to do as effectively if I was comfortable at home where I had previously been. Um, so yeah, not a yes, but a no in which God was like, no, no to this, but here's something much better. Something much more challenging that requires obedience and faithfulness, but has been better for me that I can see very clearly even in the last like four years. Nice. Um, to answer my own question, um, <laughs> one of the things that, so when I was younger, it was just like, I remember consistently leaving elementary school and not carrying my friends over from that. I remember leaving middle school and not carrying my friends over from that. I remember leaving high school and not carrying too many friends, if any, really friends over from that. And coming into college, I was just like, Lord, I want friends that will last me my life. I, w- I want a lifetime's worth of like good friendships. And... Because I was, I just was burdened by loneliness, and I mm. wanted companionship in, not in like intimate companionship, like a, a girlfriend or a wife, but I wanted just like brotherhood. And there was this, over the years, I've learned hindsight twenty twenty is like, well, yeah, but do what I say. <laughs> it's like I'll give that to you, but it's going to require some obedience. And so now, on the opposite end of that, like. I'm able to say I'm able to say to the Lord like oh there were things I definitely needed to give up in order to get in order to have like you two are major blessings to my life like without a doubt I absolutely love the both of you um, but like having friendship that is not only going to last me on earth but I will literally see like praise be to God through his will alone my hope is that we see each other in heaven mm, like yeah. our home is in heaven mm-hmm. so it's not just about my time on earth it's also about <clears throat> heavenly friendships that we actually get to all see Christ face to face. And so the abundance that God has given me was like, Lord, in my Lord, meet me in my loneliness. He says, I will give you my church mm. and mm. there will be something abundant about that. And there will mm. be, and it, and it won't just be for her. It will also be for my kingdom in heaven. Mm. And that was something could not have fathomed, but I have so much joy over now. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. The best one. <laughs> oh man, that's wonderful guys. Um, yeah, God continues to give us more than we could imagine through obedience and trust that he's got us. And I think that's a good closing word as we, we wrap this up because that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out at at thewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, Apple podcast, and soon Spotify. (laughs) You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching three guys at the well and head over to our Facebook page to keep the conversation going and space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. 
talk to you next week here at The Well.